It's time to tap into your inner God and manifest the life you want and deserve. Every sector of our lives is pretty much pretty much under construction. Family under construction. Career under construction. Relationships under construction. Emotions. I know mine live under construction. Finances under construction. We might as well be under construction together. Welcome to Under Construction with your girl Tamar Braxton. Y'all listen. If Lord Wayne didn't say best, I'm second best. We going in. Yes, we going in today and we going hard, okay? When I tell y'all that I have a special treat for y'all, like a little later on in the show, baby. I mean, our blueprint guest is a real, real treat. Okay, I can't hold it. So I'm gonna let y'all know a little bit of it, okay? I know him as Johnny Wright, but Michelle Obama, she knows him as her hairstylist for eight whole years, auntie, okay? Now, last week we kicked off our goal setting challenge and I'm so excited to share that. I was so proud of myself for not only completing my task for the week, but I ain't gonna lie, y'all. I truly enjoyed taking the moment to indulge in my treat. So I'm really looking forward to taking the time to set a realistic goal, knocking that old thing out so I can get to my little treat. Okay. All right. Now, here are the five steps. Number one, identify your weekly goal. Number two, write the goal down. Number three, set a realistic deadline for the task to be completed. Number four, schedule the task on your calendar. Number five, identify an appropriate reward for the task. All right, now, don't just listen to the podcast and think, oh, my God, that sounds like a good idea, Linda. Oh, that's good. No, just so y'all are aware, this show isn't just about me just sitting around talking to y'all, okay? Even though I would just love to do that. But this is an interactive podcast, and we're on a mission together, okay? We're on a mission to live our best lives together, all right? So come on and let's slay these goals, everybody. One way we can prepare for this slay is to speak a little positivity over our lives. Y'all ready for this week's affirmation? Come on, y'all. Y'all can do better than that. Are y'all ready for this week's affirmation? Aha! That's much, much better. Yes, I am too. All right, this one is pretty simple. I stand in acceptance of the abundant life that God has for me. Now, look, sometimes you have to say thank you in advance. <laughs> Listen, sometimes that thing hits you late. <laughs> Whew, this is what I was going to tell y'all. Now, sometimes you have to say thank you in advance <laughs> of the blessings that you are finna receive, okay? Because you already know it's right around the corner. You can smell that thing sometimes. Don't you know how you smell the rain? You smell the snow? You smell your blessings, okay? And so it's okay to say thank you, God, in advance for the blessing that you know God is going to give you, okay? Because you believe that day, all right? You got to believe in the life that he has for you. So on today, everybody, this day, we are proclaiming the abundance that is in his will for our lives. Now, we graciously accept now, okay? So come on and repeat this thing with me. Y'all ready? All right. I stand in acceptance of the abundant life that God has for me. So when the naysayers start speaking, because y'all know it's coming, they got something to say every day, right? Remember, they are not in control of nothing pertaining to you. (laughs) See how that hit just now? Let me repeat that. Remember that the naysayers are not in control of nothing that pertains to you. You got that? Tuh. All right. God holds the light on your path. And if he said it is, then baby, 
It is already done. So you might as well shout now. Find your corner. And that's that on that. Today on Tamar Takes, <laughs> the power in celebrating ourselves. Okay, so listen, I, I, I really struggled whether or not I was going to mention this or talk about this. But um, I talked to my therapist and I kind of surprised myself that I would be so, I don't know, excited about it. You know, and I think that when something tragic happens in our lives, I think we always associate it with, you know, something that is negative. You know what I mean? It has like a negative effect on us or, you know, you mourn things. But for me, I am celebrating the life that was basically gifted to me this time last year on July 17th. And I don't know. I just feel like it's my birthday. <laughs> but a better scope on it because when you're born you don't get to choose you know your path you don't get to choose who you have around you you don't get to choose you know the things that you want to do things just happen because you don't have a choice you're a baby and I still feel like I'm a baby that's just reborn but I feel like now I have life like by the wheel and I am driving this car <laughs> And I am in control with God and I am steering my life to extraordinary Tamar. Now, all the things that I didn't like about myself and that I didn't like about my life has definitely gone into the direction of change and change for the better. Like, I feel so empowered. I feel so happy that the goals that I thought were unattainable I have reached and then some. And I don't even know how. <laughs> I don't know how because I put my head down and I did the work. And I was talking to my therapist today about it. And I said, what, what do you think helped me get to this point to today? Like today, the Tamar that I'm proud of. Today, the Tamar that can smile, lift her head up and, you know, talk about my transgressions and talk about, you know, my mental health. And, and you know what she told me? She said, Tamar, you recognize that there was a big problem and you didn't sit and you didn't wallow in your problems. You jumped into the solution. You jumped into the work. You started the work. And that's what I want to encourage everybody who's listening today to do. I don't care where you are in your struggle. I don't care if it's been a year. I don't care if it's been five years to something that you felt set you back so far back that you can't see the light to the end of the tunnel or there is no end to the tunnel. You're just sitting in the middle of the tunnel with no light, with no help, with no love, with no support, with no resources. With nothing, I'm going to tell you right now, the tunnel was there for me last year, this time. You have to start the crawl. You have to start the work. You have to start the walk. And I promise you, that spot that you're sitting in right now, right here, you look back a year from now, I promise you will not be in that spot. Holding gratitude of the moments that are ahead. The moments, every stride, every win is to be celebrated. Think about that and start the work today. And that's all I got to say about that. All right, I'm going to keep it a thousand. Baby, it is all me. 
right, everybody. It's time to tap into that keep it a thousand dollar inbox. <laughs> yes, we gonna go just like that. Cause it's just like that. And it's really that simple. Okay. I mean, okay. So let's tap into this thousand dollar inbox. <laughs> and pull out a few questions for your girl. Oh my God. I feel the ratchicity coming. All right, Angel, what you got for us today, sis? So I've been courting this young lady for about a year and a half. We've never had sex and we've only fooled around once. I'm definitely head over heels for her and will readily stand in anytime she needs financial support. Now my friends tell me she's using me because we see each other three to four times a week, but I've never met any of her friends or family. Now I am seven years older than her, but I really don't know. Like, what do you think? Like, do you think she's interested? Do you think she's using me? Like, what are your thoughts? No. I mean, listen, let me tell you something. Nobody owe you no ass. <laughs> I'm sorry. People do things on their own time when they get ready. Okay, nobody owe, just because you do stuff for people, you buy somebody something, you putting your time in, or you cook people dinner, you whatever the fuck. No, nobody owe you no ass. Okay? Ass is not guaranteed. It's true! I don't owe you no booty. Because you buy me some shoes. Because you make me a steak dinner. Because you nice to me. Because you come pick me up. Because you take me to the movies. I don't owe you sex for that. I don't. I do what feels natural and feels good to me. And first of all, stop telling your boys what you're doing with your girl. You ain't taking her seriously. No way. You just want some ass. Anyway. How about that? That's why she ain't gave it to you. Because you playing too much. Ooh! Start treating her like a woman and maybe you get you some. Because you ain't going to tell your boys what you're doing with your woman. Oh, next question. All right. So last week, y'all talked about your hair growing line. However, you did not mention when will it be available again. And can you also let us just know where? All right. Thanks. Okay. So here is the thing. <laughs> there are some um, ingredients that were unavailable that I was not willing to, you know, substitute and act like it's the same shit. I, anything that I put my name on and I, you know, sell to you all or I say that works, I want to make sure that I hold myself in integrity and know that it works. So, you know, one of the main ingredients that I love, something that I feel like had everything to do with hair growth, wasn't available. It just became available from COVID and I'm just trying to get, get the price down to where <laughs> I can keep the price good for y'all. So that's what that is. But it's coming soon. We working on it. All right, I really hope that y'all find all my responses valuable. But if you'd like for your girl to answer a question or two for you, I'd love to offer my insight. Just shoot your girl a note to ucwithtamar at gmail.com. That's the letters ucwithtamar at gmail.com. Look, everybody, I don't have all the answers, but you can count on me to always keep it a thou thou. Now, up next, baby, we're going into the blueprint. This, this is the blueprint. Come on, y'all. Let's go. The phrase holders might be unfamiliar to you, but today's guest, Johnny Wright, has definitely earned the title holders or hairstylist of the United States after being the designated hairstylist of our beautiful and brilliant Easter hair ready lady, Michelle Obama. <laughs> Now, listen, Johnny had the honor and privilege of being her personal stylist for the, listen, ha, 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 entire eight years that she spent in the White House. And since then, he's worked with the likes of Queen Latifah, Angela Rye, and, uh, of course, your girl, Tay-Tay. I love introducing y'all to my friends. But y'all, this one right here, he's more like family. He's definitely... <laughs> a leading part of my tribe, and I literally love him as my brother. Welcome to the show, 
Johnny Wright. Okay, well, hey, friend. Hey. I like things that work. And one of the things that work is me and this guy here on the phone, well, on the line. I can't stand him, guys. I mean, he it, he really is like my twin. I don't know how he's become my twin. <laughs> he works on my last nerves. But I love him so much. I don't even know how to, like, introduce you. You know what I mean? Because it's like I'm having these series where I'm having, like, my good friends and people who have influenced me personally for my own personal growth you know i think coming up on a year from last summer and the things that happened last summer i just feel like it's important to show people and tell people the people who are very pivotal in my life you know what i mean Uh you're one of those people because right after to catch a beautician (laughs) (laughs) things got real 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 fast (laughs) life happens real real (laughs) life happens and just because he is you know hair extraordinaire johnny right i really wanted to talk about hair but i also wanted to talk about all of the other amazing things that you are that people don't know about is that okay yes please i'm I'm tired of talking about hair (laughs) <laughs> okay, one of the things one of the things that interests me about you in the beginning of our relationship was the fact that I thought that Johnny was a black man who did hair and was a Bible thumper. I really did. did. You? I thought that about Yes, I did. Oh, I did. I don't know. I thought you was like, you know, the typical Midwest guy who who knew how to curl and press, honey, and will tell you about the word of God. And why are you telling me about the word of God? You're also telling me about chanting yeah. <laughs> and, and finding inner peace. Yeah, that I'll do. That he will do, y'all. And I yeah. thought it was so just like... It kind of threw me off, like, because, like, you look at somebody and we paint this picture of what we think that they might be. And then we really talk to them and get to know them. And they're totally different. And somebody completely life-changing. And that's who you were for oh, me. Oh, wow. Because, yeah, he was like, you know, I'm Buddhist. And, you know, I chant. I'm like, what you mean? Numb your whole rag? Yeah, care. He was that. like, yeah, that's a real thing. I'm like, I just thought it was, I thought this was in the movies. And do. He was like, I yeah, said. it's in the movies. It's in the movies. But it's in real life and you you can manifest and bring wonderful things into your life, things that you deserve, things that you work really hard for. And and I just found it to be so amazing and it changed me because I thought that I was too saved to manifest and bring things into my life. I thought those things only came from God. And if I thought that it came from myself or the universe or something like that, then I'm going to hell. Okay. And everybody gonna call me a witch. (laughs) I think the universe is God. I think that's how it all happens. Yes, it is. It is. But but those of us who were raised in the church Okay, to say the universe and God, we are putting another God before God when it's all the same. Okay, it really, truly is. So I just wanted to know, like, how being Buddhist, how how did that change your life? Well, you know, it's it's always been a journey for me because I started off at a Baptist church, Shallow Missionary Baptist Church. Yes, you did. On the south side of Chicago. I was first outhold, then I went to second outhold, then I went to first tenor. (laughs) That I was the second sitter. <laughs> so I was in the choir. But you know, I feel like I've been blessed with a different type of lens. I was able to kind of lead to my own understanding, which is something that the yeah. Bible tells you not to do. But I'm like, how, uh, who other understanding I'm going to lead to? But anyway, for me, it's a journey. And I didn't really become a Buddhist Buddhist until I moved back to LA in 2017 after I left the Obamas. I just started to understand. Okay, I'll give you an example. So 
I have a vision board. I did this vision board when I got introduced to The Secret through Oprah and all that kind of stuff and start understanding what manifestation was. I did this vision board. And then shortly after the vision board, like clockwork, things started to happen that was on the vision board, which was the Obamas. Their name wasn't placed on there, but I put this area on the vision board that says World Traveler and had all these countries that I wanted to go to. And at the time, I hadn't visited Hawaii, but I put Hawaii on there, too. And since the, exactly, that's the, there was the Obamas, right? Because he was raised there and all that kind of stuff. And he goes there every year for Christmas. So for eight years, I went to Hawaii uh, every year with the Obamas. And I also toured all these countries. I did over 42 countries with the Obama. And that was from that. And that made me realize how powerful having a vision, making it clean actually works, right? And then I started to realize that I can manifest in so many ways. And then what I love about Buddhism was that it's all inclusive, right? I could be a Christian Buddhist. I could be a Muslim Buddhist. I could, you could be whatever type of, you could just be a Buddhist. You can do whatever you want. And I love the, you know, inclusivity of it all. And there were things that I could take from growing up as a Christian and church and as a Baptist, you know, church that I could still add to this and understood how I can put it into my practice as a Buddhist, you know, Buddhism. And for me, Buddhism, it wasn't a religion. It's more of a practice and a way of life and how you think about things. And the real gut of it was just understanding that everything in my life is because of me. And that's the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's all there because of me. And that's where, you know, Buddhism came. I mean, all the facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything is because of you. Oh, my God, that's so powerful, friend. It is. Everything, good and bad, is because of you. Yep. I'm about about to tear the sheetrock (laughs) off this place (laughs) from my clit God Almighty. It's true. It it's really true. is. It and we really have to be is. mature enough to If you want a positive outcome, yeah. 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 If you want a positive outcome, be positive. If yep. you want a negative outcome, be negative. Yep. Hello. It's just that simple. It's, it's just really that, that simple. simple. Yeah. It's true. I'll give you an example. I'm going to give you an example of something that happened to me just today, right before I got online with you. A friend of mine called me, and she has been traveling abroad for a while now, particularly looking for places that she can buy because she wants to live abroad, Right. So she finally came upon this place in the grill in Jamaica that she loved and she wanted to get. Coincidentally, a friend of hers is going to buy land there. And there's an adjacent land to that that's available. But the friend said, hey, I want to buy that land in five years. I'm not ready to buy that. I want to buy it in five years. And my, my friend's like, well, I want to buy land and this is the neighborhood I want to look into. And so she, she called me and she was like, Johnny, I feel bad. Should I do it or not? She said, my friend said, I don't want anybody to live next door to me that I know. I'm okay with some stranger living there, but I don't want anybody to live next door to me that I know. And so she was like, I feel bad because she introduced me to this this land. And so she's a giver. And I said, she's a giver? I said, what did she give you? I said, she gave me this, this land. I said, Tiffany, you're not giving yourself any credit. You said that you had the desire to live abroad. You said that's all you've been thinking about. You said you came upon this neighborhood on yourself and you wanted to be in this neighborhood. And now that she lives there, now she brought you to it? No, you did that. You did that. In her mind, she was not able to look at it that way. She's like, I'm so glad I called you. I said, you manifested this space. You can afford it. It's in the neighborhood that you want. And you can go and get it now. And it's available. If this friend is not going to be your friend because you buy this, 
she wasn't your friend in the first place. Point blank and the period. period. Okay, your friendship, your all of your friends should want to see your dreams absolutely, come true and and want to be a blessing to help you have your dreams come true. They should want to see that for you if they really love absolutely. you. Period. Absolutely, and I told her that too. But the, the, this conversation about manifestation, she had to step yeah. back or even call a friend and realize she manifested that. <laughs> she did that. Yeah. And yeah. then now, now I think she's gonna go ahead and put the money down today. <laughs> I know she better. I know she better. You know, it's so funny. As much as I believe in manifestation, I still question it. Why do you think? It's the process of unlearning. Worst? You know, we we were taught a certain way. I'll give you an example. The Bible or the church. I say it that way. The church teaches you everything good in your life has to do with Jesus. And everything bad in your life has to do with Satan. But it, when does it have to do with you? And I think over the years, what I have done is it's been a process of unlearning. I've learned that, no, not, this never happened to me, but my car got repoed. It wasn't because of the devil. It was my delinquencies. It was what I yeah. did wrong. And so when you learn how yeah. to take accountability for everything that happens in your life and don't point the finger, then you understand that that, that works on both sides, right? That works in the manifestation of yeah. things and how things come into your life. And it works in when things are bad. You actually manifested that too, in a way, you know? And so yeah. I just think it's a process of unlearning. And we it's hard because that was so ingrained in us. It's ancestral. Our parents were yep. taught that. They taught us what they know. Yep. Even if they even yep. felt like they were spiritual beings, they just went with what they felt that was right. There's a lot of condemning people feel so convicted and nobody wants to feel that way. They feel convicted, but nope. there's so much power in just owning and taking accountability and the things that happen in your life. So do you think I should take accountability for me being single? Do you think that I did that? You think that was me? Yes, I do. I think, what? It's, listen, <laughs> let me tell you why. <laughs> I think it's you, but I also think it's a process. See why I can't stand him, y'all? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's okay. also a process and a journey to you not being single. You got to be single to not be single eventually, right? I, I, I've been telling you, you for the longest. Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. You have to be single, be single to not be single? To not be single. You, you have to be single be to single. not be single. It's a process. I'm single now, but I know one day I won't be. Eventually, somebody's okay. going to come in as a perfect person. Okay. I always feel like that perfect person, the type of person I want, this extraordinary Tamar that you're talking about, the type of person yes, that God. I want, it takes time. So let me go ahead and let the universe build that little, that man. <laughs> I'm going to let him get built. I'm good. I got great friendships. I got you. I got my yeah. family. I got my, my besties. I got all that. I got companionship. And I can get that if I needed it too, right? So I don't have to, I don't necessarily have to have somebody in my face every day if it ain't right. So I'm gonna let it get built. I don't have a lot of patience. <laughs> you okay. Do not. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a lot of patience. And I often feel like the things that are in my life at that time are the right things. Do you know what I'm saying? It's and true. I feel like you're, yeah, like the, it's, oh, this is right. This is forever. This is, and you be like, no, bitch, this is now. You know, <laughs> what, how, how did you get this way? Like, how do you know what is forever and what is not? And how can you just accept it like that? I think I just accept. I don't know if I accept it like that all the time. I'll say it this way. Yes, you the, do. You accept every, all of that yeah, shit. Everything. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Your jobs, your people, the people in your life. You're like, oh, this is just for the summer, darling. Relax. Yeah. Or this is like, how? What 
Oh, okay. I got, I got to ask for that. I'm going to say this first, though. So uh, my mentor, her okay. name is Jacqueline Tamont. She said this to me years ago before, when she became my mentor in 2002. She said, you're always exactly where you're supposed to be. Supposed to be. That kind of like takes out the whole worry of it all. Even though it might be stressful, it's painful, it's uncomfortable, all those things. You're always exactly where you're supposed to be. On the flip side of that, where I can give you something a little more tangible, when I started working with the first lady, it was in 2009, it almost like my mind did a rewind, right? And I remembered everything that happened in my life that brought me to that point. Wow. Are you yes, serious? Yes, yes. I remember, you got to understand, Michelle Obama was my second first lady. Lisa Ray was my first first lady, right? Regardless of the scale of it all, I was flying on her plane. She was still the first lady. I yeah. was in Turks and Caicos on a regular basis with her. But all of that prepared me for where I, where I for went. That. I could just think about even certain celebrities I work with and how they wanted to operate and how they were very discreet and all the, even just certain clients that were very discreet that wasn't, that weren't celebrities, that was high profile businesswomen and everything. There were certain things about those, all those moments that led me up to Michelle. So I was able to kind of recalculate and say, oh, that's what that was for. Like, oh, like even for me and you, I know there's something yeah. even bigger. For us. Yeah, of course. I know, <laughs> but we're, we're on that journey, right? We're on that journey. Yeah. So for me, <clears throat> I am now able to, reason, season, lifetime, right? We, we know that. We don't even got to go there. Reason, season, lifetime. We know that. So I'm able to look at situations now and know that, okay, this is here for a reason. That's the beauty of life for me. I am always here for the surprise of it all. You know, like, Yes, like I look back like, wow, I did that. I set out to be on TV in 2007. It got beautifully detoured in 2009 when I moved to D.C. to be with the First Lady, right? It wasn't until 2000, the end of 2018, where this Takeshi Petition became an idea, I got called. I didn't even, like, I didn't reach out for, they reached out to me. Yeah. They reached out yeah. to me. I, I came in and auditioned. We did our chemistry test. We knew it then. And that was done. I look back and like, yeah. I know I manifested that because I always knew it was going to happen. You know what the thing is for me, though, um, Tamar, it's not like, it's not like I try. Yes. I literally just don't. My age, and it's probably, my age has never been a consideration for me. Like in anything. Wait, I don't know why you're old as fuck. You're older. Like, you're almost <laughs> older than me. <laughs> How could I almost be older than you when you were born years before me? <laughs> because I use almost. <laughs> no, almost. I mean, I just never think about that kind of stuff, but I think it serves me because it, it doesn't give me limits. and It doesn't make me think I'm not going to, it's yeah, not going to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, age, I'm going to be honest. Age never bothered me until I became single this last time. Mm. I think because you, know you kind of thought it was that was it. Like I got it, I'm done. This is about. I think everybody wrap. thought it was it outside of you, <laughs> and I didn't know. <laughs> I wish you would have told me. I did. You know, I, I did. No, you didn't tell me in the moment. You told me after the shit was done, and I wasted three no, years. Okay, I remember there. one time we we it's went to fair. we went to Soul House and 
we we talked about it. I was like, yeah, I'm not sure about that one. I just wasn't sure. But you know, really, it's, it's a hard. I feel like it's a hard um, position to play when you were friends and and when they're in love, right? Because love is so blinding, and you don't want to ever be in a position where they pissed off at you because you said some stuff, and it ended up does does working out. But it just didn't feel like it was gonna. It just didn't. It didn't feel right to me. Well, I think that you um, did your magic hairstyling talk. You know, like when you have a client, you're sitting in the chair and, and, they're, and they're like, oh, so I'm thinking about this hairstyle. What do you think about this hairstyle? And you politely brush it off at, when it's wrong. Yeah, no, I don't think that's what. That's how you did me and that's how I missed it. Okay. Yeah. And that's how I missed it. Okay. <laughs> Next time I ask for permission to be direct, because I think if I ask for permission, and you say yes, or anybody says yes, that kind of pulls away the curtain of you saying that you can be mad at me later. I'm like, I asked you, you know, like I oh, did ask you, and and you and you're a hairstylist, so you're supposed to tell the truth off the rip. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? I think that was truth. my expectation. Yeah, I guess you're right. Listen, it don't even matter. Cause guess what? <laughs> you are yeah. not in that situation. And that situation doesn't have as much of an effect on you as it used to. You know that. No, it doesn't. No, I told doesn't. you. I mean, you were the one who told me that time heals all wounds, and I didn't believe it. And I can't lie, uh, Johnny, where I am now, I, I couldn't see it last yeah. year. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was just so um, gray and so stormy and so foggy. I had no idea that it, it really truly is another side of the rainbow. Yeah. I just couldn't figure out how to see it and how to get there. And I know that you've had situations like that. Yeah. I know that you have. Do you feel comfortable speaking oh, about course. that? Oh, of course. I think um, my divorce is one of my greatest lessons, so I try to share it as much as I can. <gasps> Um, yes, you do. You share it all. Yeah, I try to share it. You know, one. because at the time, it wasn't. It didn't feel like a lesson. I'll be honest. When I got divorced, that was the first time. I think I was what thirty six, thirty five, thirty six. That was the first time I felt like I had failed at something. That was the very first time that wow. I felt like, oh, I'm a failure, right? So being able to have the perspective now and saying that it was the best lesson I ever had is like, I know the only thing that worked for me was time. And even in the moment, I re I remember saying to myself, I just need time, I just need time, I just need time. But I still couldn't see the me now then, just like you couldn't see the you now, you know, last yeah, year, yeah. right? And so I always tell people, it's like, you know, I, I use this example for you, but I like to say it again, it's like when, you know, when you're in Chicago and you're driving from downtown and you see the John Hancock building or the Sears Tower in your in your rearview mirror or in your, you know, you see it and you as the further you go south, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller and yeah, you yeah. keep going south yeah. to the point where you can't see it anymore. And that's how I look at time and when it relates to relationships. It's not like it's not still there. I mean, we can all, you, I can still connect to that pain that I had through that divorce. I can still, but it doesn't affect me as much. It's still there, it doesn't affect me as much. So I was married for, you know, two years. We were together for four years. I met him while I was at the White House. The first year I was there, I met him. We got married probably like the the last year of the first term or something like that, uh, or maybe the second year of the first term. We got married and it was it was a great situation, but you know, I, one thing I know about my situation is 
I moved to, I, I felt like a fish out of water moving to DC because the only thing I worked with prior to the first lady was celebrities. And it's a totally yeah. different world, you know? And I had never even paid attention to, to politics, or it wasn't my thing. So I didn't know what world I was getting into. And I was very uncomfortable and very uneasy with the whole situation. And I was just unsettled. And so when I first moved to DC, meeting people, I was very afraid to meet you know, certain people because I always felt like they only wanted to be in my life because of my connections. You know, here is your proximity to fame and, and celebrity, right? There is your proximity to politics and the people in the White House. I was connected to the number one in the White House. You get what I'm saying? And so yeah. I always just felt like he was in my life because of that. So when I met my ex, his name is Colin. When I met him, he didn't know anything about me. So I latched on to that. And on paper, yeah. he was perfect. You know, he was six foot four. He had several degrees. He was doing well in his career. He was a therapist and all this stuff. So I just kind of like latched on to all those things, but not paying attention to anything else. Now we work well together, not even aware of how I worked well with somebody else. Because I, I hadn't really had a real relationship prior to that. And it ended up revealing itself after a while. And I just couldn't be in it anymore. And we ended up finally booking a therapy session, even though he's a therapist, but we finally booked a therapy session. And at that therapy session is when I saw him turn the switch off. You know, because the therapist asked us individually, were we still in love with each other? And he immediately said yes. And I hesitated. And I didn't hesitate because I was going to say no. I wanted to make sure that, what, you know, in this first therapy session, I was gave full and honest answers. So I hesitated to give a full, honest answer. I was like, yes, but here's where I feel challenged. And this is where I feel like I don't sometimes. But as soon as I hesitated, I literally saw the light for me go off in his, 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 his heart and his mind or whatever. And when we ended the session, the therapist was like, you know, do y'all want to book another session? He was like, immediately no. And I was like, oh, I thought this was a great session. Like, let's do it again. Oh, we're good. Things are I good. I thought he was working yeah. on something. And so we get in the car and he tells me, you know, I think we should separate and I'm going to move to Atlanta. And I was like, you're going to separate in Atlanta? Like, you could just... They had a friend's house here or get you a place here. Why would you move to Atlanta? Anyway, he met his husband, his husband now, two weeks after he moved to Atlanta. And he became his <laughs> right, I know. And we were still together. Um, but Ooh, that's heavy. it was heavy. It was heavy. It was, it was, it was the most I have never felt that amount of sadness in my life. But I also realized how needed that was. You know what? Okay, let me tell you this. At the time in my life, I was manifesting this in a way because I was feeling like I was an autopilot, right? And I wasn't connecting to the feelings of my success or the feelings of things that's happening to my life. So I was kind of yearning to feel. I was yearning to feel. And I was like, yeah, I'm working with the first lady. I know it's a big deal, but it's like, eh. you know, I didn't feel it like that. And yeah, I have. I got this big contract and all that. But it's like, yeah, you know, it just felt like it was just like an autopilot. So I was yearning, feeling. There's nothing in life that makes yearning you, feeling. There's nothing in life that makes you feel more than anything than sadness. And I end up manifesting that in my life with the divorce. I was in extreme. Like Tamar, I told you this before, but I was so sad 
to the point where I woke myself up in the middle of the night because I was crying in my sleep. So I had no control over my emotions, no control over my feelings. But it's so weird. I still had access to happiness. And I chose to access happiness at those times that I needed to. And then I also dove deep into my pity parties and would cry for hours and hours and hours and lost a ton of weight and all that kind of stuff happened during that time. But I'm so grateful for it now because now, you know, when I have conversations with my client, I'm not just, you know, going through the motions with them. When they're telling me they're sad about something, particularly when they're sad about, you know, going through a breakup or any type of heartbreak like that, I know exactly what they're feeling. So my words and my empathy and my sympathy is totally different than when I was feeling like I was an autopilot because I went through that sadness. It was a blessing. Well, you know, (laughs) I don't think anybody who knows me knows that I know how to put on a hell of a pity party. (laughs) (laughs) And you would invite people in with you. (laughs) Baby, my pity parties are legendary. (laughs) I mean, the saddest of the saddest, saddest, and I bring myself right there. It's true, it's true. I bring myself right there, and I'm so grateful that I no longer desire to be a part of my pity party or anybody Anybody else's. Yep. We'll be right back after this short break. Now we're back into the blueprint with award-winning hairstylist, Johnny Wright. But but you you did say something that just kind of like really did touch me. Like you are a hairstylist. Why do you think we look at our hairstylists as our shrinks? It's a vulnerable situation. It's subconsciously vulnerable. You don't even realize it. But it's also physically vulnerable. So you're sitting down. Your back is to mm-hmm. us. You're covered with a cape. And we're working on your crown. There's a whole lot of vulnerability just in that moment without even having to understand why you're vulnerable, right? Yeah. We, we are often like your, your gynecologist or your, you know, your best friend. And there's something very special about that relationship between a client and the hairstylist. There's something very special about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And I think with me in particular, I think women felt comfortable with me. My conversation with you in my chair is not going to be the same conversation I'm going to have with the next person. Or I'm not going to even bring right. it up or bring your name up. Even if I had an example, I would say a client of mine is going through the same thing. I'm not going to say Tamar did this. And I think people just trusted me in that way. People always ask me, what is the thing that I love most about being a hairstylist? And you would think it's like styling and creating and photo shoots and stuff. Is the relationship I've had with the women in my chair over the years. That is my most favorite thing about my career. It has changed me. It has grown me as a man, as a businessman, as a professional. These women that I've, have come into my life have literally ruled my world in so many ways than one that that's what I love about this industry and that's what I love about what I do. You think I'm your closest friend whose hair you've never done? <laughs> yes, you are, actually. <laughs> <laughs> people people cannot, they do not understand that when I talk to actually I've never done tape on I'm like, really? <laughs> no, I've never really? done <laughs> Really? Like, you're like, for real, that's how you know when it's yeah. real. Because I ain't give you none of your coins. <laughs> none of them big, 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 big spender coins. That is the issue, Tamar. <laughs> I, I take a little time with hair. You don't like to sit. You no, do not. I don't. I'm a, I'm a, I take my time I with hair. I have no patience. Yeah, but it don't take, it don't take you longer than normal. I, I, guess I think so. because you being the therapist. But maybe I'm stopping and talking too much. <laughs> You're stopping and talking. 
But, you know, I mean, I, I would love for you to do my hair just to have the experience of you doing my hair and having an amazing therapy session because <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. I, I, I promise you, even with me having therapy every single day, I could not find my way out of heartbreak. Yeah. I couldn't do it. And you've seen me and I would try and try and try and try. And it wasn't like, you know, I I wasn't trying to put into the work. I just couldn't figure it out. You know what I'm saying? And you really, truly helped me do that. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful because I had to realize that I, I was... I was making a conscious choice to stay in that place and only I could bring myself out and I had to make the decision to not keep throwing these pity parties that made me feel sad and (laughs) sad and like almost complete, which was, is so weird. No, it did make you, your sadness was because of him. So it it made you feel still connected to him. So like, felt like my sadness, me and him was having it together. I feel like he was sad and I was sad and, and I would have those moments to just be in the house by myself and I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's doing the same thing. But he, he probably wasn't. He was out getting his life with his new husband. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Period. Because, you know, it's so funny. It's so funny when you say you remember. Come on, let's, let me just go quote Keisha Cole real fast. I remember when I stormed down. Yeah. I remember the heartbreak. I remember the moment. Yeah. I remember the freaking moment. And let me tell you what it was for me. I don't think I've ever told anybody this. I walked into our old place and I went to hug him and he was empty. Ah, That's the worst. And I remember being always being able to connect with my love with a hug because I just felt like hugs are very powerful. Yeah. Right? I still feel that yeah. way. But I remember I hugged him and it was empty. And I stepped back and I looked at him and he was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you probably didn't even feel welcome in the home anymore. No. You probably felt, you probably I, felt that as soon as you walked in the door. I did. Yep. It didn't feel like my home. It didn't feel like my yeah. man. And it felt like nothing felt like ours. It didn't feel like home. Home. That's the worst. And I think for me, oh my God. And I think for me, the biggest thing was the lesson of it all because I would have never been here. Yeah. I wouldn't have known that only I can fulfill that position. Yeah. I gave him too many jobs. Mm-hmm. Good. No one would have lasted in that relationship. Yeah. I held him accountable for each and every emotion. Each and every responsibility mm. of mine. Mm. You know what I mean? How could I look at someone and call them home when I didn't have mm. one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what? Wow. How do I know what that feels yeah. like? How can you put that responsibility on somebody mm. else? And in that, in that moment... That's why people be like, you wasn't homeless. You wasn't homeless. Yes, I was homeless. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's levels was. to it, right? It's levels to that. Woo! Yeah. That's great, Tavar. Hence, hence, oh hence being under construction, right? That, that, that is... Under construction. Yes, that's great. That's really great. That's really great. Yeah. That's real yeah. healing. And the yes, truth is. is, you took accountability for it. That's really what happened. Yeah. That's yeah. real healing. Yeah. That's real healing. Yeah, it's real healing. And it's it's all yours. And here I am now. It's all yours. Yeah. And you know what I made happen? 
I have a home. A beautiful <laughs> home, too, honey. I ha- it's, but it's not even just about the sheetrock. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's about my, my feet is planted in the soil, in the ground, in the earth. Yeah. I don't have to depend on somebody else to give that to mm. me. I know where to get that from. I know where to get that sense of home from. And now I can show my kid where to get that sense of home from. And it's not in someone else. Mm. It's within. You know what That's I mean? That's great, Tamar. <laughs> I had to learn yeah. to stop being so addicted to my thoughts. And, yeah. and, and, and the reason why I say that is because, you know, for a long time I was like, oh, I'm fine with this type of place and this type of place. But like, Living through you, I was like, oh, Johnny, you know, you have to, your dreams have to get a little bigger. You, you, you know, yeah. you got to, you, your dreams are fine, but they actually got to get a little bigger. So now because, you know, experiencing you and some other friends, I'm like, I actually want a house now. I didn't want that at first, remember? And I was addicted right. to that thought. Like, I don't want a house. I want this. I want that. And I'm like, where's the room to grow there? And having that thing implanted in, in the soil, in the ground, your dreams got to get bigger. Yeah. You got to allow your dreams it to get bigger. It got to get bigger. Yeah. Hence, extraordinary Tamar. Yep. That's great. I would have never, I would have never wanted to be her, be around her, reach for her mm. if I still had the responsibility in somebody yeah. else to look for them as being my home. Yeah. 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 To being my safe place. Do you hear when homeowners say before you become a homeowner, yeah. oh my God, it's so much responsibility. But imagine putting that sense of home on somebody else, a person. That's why something like Kira shit, that's why something had to break. Something, it has something to break. Something has to break. It has to. It has to break. Yeah, and, and, and breaking is normally is ugly. It's not a pretty clean break. It has break. to break to build, baby. Yeah. It got to break to build. And that's just that yeah. bottom line. Oh, my God. This conversation is everything yeah. to me. <laughs> I didn't even know this was going to be this. I thought we were talking about pressing comb and, you know, <laughs> you know getting, my, getting the middle of my hair to grow and all that shit. I thought we was about to talk about that. I had no idea that, you know, I would be so, I mean, and I'm I've been so grateful for our friendship, but I'm just so grateful of the level of the friendship that, you know, you can really have these honest, uncomfortable, you know, transparent conversations with somebody and they fucking get Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. That's what equally yoke means. Yes. That's what surrounding yourself, you That's know what, what I mean? That's what chemistry means. That's what chemistry means, yeah. Chemistry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We passed our chemistry test. I let you take it. Yes, we did, baby. We passed that. <laughs> Yes, we did. Oh, my God. So many things I could take from this conversation. What what one thing do you think you could take from this conversation? This is one of the most recent things you said about your house and having your foot in the soil and the ground. I think that's something valuable. And, it, you know, even though a condo is your house and all that kind of stuff, but when you have a house that is implanted in your little small part of the, 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 the land and you have your grass and your soil, there's something really powerful about that. I'm taking that with me. I'm dreaming, dreaming bigger. I can't wait till you come to my new house, child. I can't wait. It's going to be cute. You want Extraordinary Tamar to come to yes, your house? Yes, I do want you to come to Extraordinary Johnny's house. <laughs> I make, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty exquisite and extraordinary, honey. Might be four, five, six black cars come outside when I get out the car, baby. You know what I'll I'm saying? I might have to it. stop here at Van Nuys and get off of my jet with all of my staff, honey, and come and you know pull up like I'm coming to America, baby, with extraordinary Tamar. I'll honey. take it, baby. I'll okay. take all of it, honey. And let me tell you, I don't know what extraordinary Tamar looks like. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. I don't know what it looks yeah, like. Yeah, that's beautiful. But I'm so excited to see. Me too. It. I I mean, because if I thought, if I manifested all of these things already. 
in what 11 and what well, haven't been 11 months 10 months imagine what is to come beautiful. i want it all yeah i want it all too I'm dreaming bigger that's beautiful dream bigger it's not big enough yeah you gotta dream bigger yeah yeah what did you take from what did you take from the conversation oh my god what did i take let me see oh i'm responsible for the good and the bad yeah <laughs> for the good and the bad yeah it's, it's, yo 10 months ago i was bad yeah it was bad. It was as bad as it, I mean, bad as bad could get. Yeah. And I was responsible for it, you know, because I didn't hold myself responsible for nothing in my life. Yeah, it's the most. Un- it, it fell on everybody else. It's the most unfortunate, fortunate thing that you could ever adapt to in your life. Understanding that everything is because of you. Everything. When you stop pointing the finger, pointing the finger is, is, is leads to a lot of depression, all those type of things. This, when you take ownership of it, it's a whole nother level of healing. And you can move you can move out of it a little quicker. That's a great takeaway. Great takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so glad you're 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 like my forever doggy bag that I can take home and heat up and not doggy bag, <laughs> light up, bitch. baby. Jesus. Yeah, my doggy bag that it tastes just as good as it did on the plates, honey. I love it. I, mean, I love it. So I'll good. take it. I'll take it. Oh my God. I love you. Everybody, Johnny Wright. He's he's just not about hair. He's just not hair. <laughs> there are levels to I this thing. <laughs> I listen, I'm happy to have a conversation that's listen, there's only so much I could do. You know how many conversations about hair that I've had? And I'm like telling them, use this, use a whole oil. It's fine. I love it. It's great. But I, I know now this is something good. I know now. I, I'm actually seeing it. This is when I was with, when I got with the first lady, I saw it after. Now in this Johnny, I'm seeing it happening in the moment. I see wow. it. I see that my career is moving out of that space. It's moving out of that space. I still love hair. Hair is still an escape for me, but I have so much more to offer. And that's also a part of me dreaming yeah, you bigger, you know? So I, I can't be limited in just my thoughts about hair, my love with hair, my dreams about hair when I was nine years old, and the fact that my grandmother, see that, I'm just addicted to my story, right? I'm yeah, just open. I'm just, I want a new story. I'm just open to, to, to a new story coming about. And yeah. I know, I, I know, and I'm going to say this right here on Under hey. Construction, I know that my time on this earth will be a part of helping people heal. It's, it's, already, been a, it's already been that way, right? I just thought it was, I was a hairdresser, a hairstylist, but I have so much more to offer. And my mama always told me I had a calling on my life. She said, you're going to be a minister one day. And I, I fought that, right? Because I'm like, I ain't about that. Yeah. But ministry comes in so many ways, you know? Sure does. It comes in so many sure ways. Does. So I'm now open to that idea of, of what, what's going to take me to the next, the next extraordinary Johnny. So we'll see what happens. Well, you absolutely have started that because you have helped me heal. <laughs> I mean, utterly and completely. Oh, my God. I thank God for you every single day. Oh, thank you. You know, I love you and thank I adore you. you. Even though you like to uh, fight with me and say I don't spend enough time with you. I was with your ass you for don't. four days straight. You- because I pushed my way into your birthday plan. Okay? <laughs> and that's how that happens. And that's what friends are for. That's what real friends do. Okay? Some friends be like, oh, okay, you got plans. Okay, okay, fine. I'm like, I, that's a lie. Your plan is me. <laughs> <laughs> Your plan is me. But let me tell you something. If I didn't learn nothing else outside of what we talked about. Now, this is not just a takeaway. This is just like some real shit like that. I probably will take with me forever, ever, ever, ever. 
dream bigger. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I, I don't want to be addicted to that old mm-hmm. story. I want new stories. I want bigger stories. I want extraordinary stories. Yeah. And when I meet my stories, I'm going to dream bigger and bigger and bigger. Period. Yeah. 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 I'm dreaming bigger. I'm starting to. I'm, it's the dream for me, baby. I'm getting a, it's the dream for it's me. It's the dream for me. I'm getting a place where I write stuff down. Like, I think I've, I've grown past the vision board. I want to kind of put it, like, take it out of my body and write it down on something and make it solid and make it clean. I need to do that. That's something that I haven't done before. Is that what you told me to do about my mate? Yeah. Did you tell me to yeah. do that? Yeah, I have. Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> There's so many simple things oh, in life that we do. The, you know what? The, Okay, it's, I'll use the example of like going to work out, right? Or somebody starting their, their fitness journey. And it's like the first day you go, the second day you go, and the third day you're like, you're tired. And let's say you did nothing, right? But then the fourth day, you did five push-ups and you got tired. That, those five push-ups was valuable. That's great. You did yeah. something. You did something. Yeah. Stop putting pressure on the time and how, the amount. You did something, right? And if you put something down, that's good enough. Just whatever it is. If it's six foot five, let's just leave it at that. Okay, put that down. Let's see what else comes up. Because <laughs> you know mine is going to be six foot five. But, uh, <laughs> six foot five, wealthy Matt Dingo. Love the travel. <laughs> <laughs> loves the travel. And, you know, who loves me for me, who gets me, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. But, you know, also, I'm not asking anymore when I'm writing stuff down. I'm writing it down as if it exists already. Yeah. I'm trusting the universe for these things. And I'm trusting my, I'm dreaming bigger and I'm allowing the universe to bring this to me. I'm all those things. I'm not asking for anything anymore because I already did that with my desire. Well, it's the dream for me. It's the dream. If you dream it, you already been through it. You've seen it. You know it. It gotta be bigger. All right, Angel, I gotta go. I'm about to take, I'm about to uh, tear the sheetrock off of my house. Like, (laughs) Thank you, Johnny. Thank Don't you, do Johnny. that. Don't do that. Thank you, Tamar. It's the dream for me. It's the dream for me. Listen, y'all, that entire interview was a blessing. I get this all the time. I'm telling you, this is my boo. I had planned to talk to Johnny about hair with y'all, but God said no. Not today. I'm going to use this vessel to talk about the power of manifesting the life you want and deserve. Look, everybody, I really want you to take away from these conversations the rawness of these interviews. Every single person attributes their success to a higher power and hard work. Now, if you're on the brink of giving up, y'all, I'm telling you, don't. Just don't stop. Don't stop. Go to a space of gratitude and pray. Let the desires of your heart be known. Speak it, own it, write it down. And I believe that one day you will walk in it. Now let the church say amen. (laughs) Amen. You can cash at me if you want to pass around the plate. All right. Well, that's our show for today. But before I go, don't forget to connect with me on Cameo. All you got to do is visit Cameo.com slash Tamar Braxton. And of course, if you want to hit me with a question or comment about the show, all you got to do is email me at UCWithTamar at gmail.com. That's the letters UCWithTamar at gmail.com. Now, if no one else tells you, remember that I love you and I mean it because we're all under construction together. Bye. Under Construction is a production of Mosauce, a Stitcher brand. It's produced by Angel Lavis. Our recording engineer and sound designer is Rashad Smith. Music provided by Radio, an audio everywhere company. More sauce.